to the Apocalypse Larry Podcast. I'm Steve. He is Larry. Yeah. 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 Mm. Should I be Dr. Van Beek tonight? Tonight, tonight. Ah, Dr. Van Beek, because you know, I'll say a couple things that are valuable. <laughs> well, you'll but say I won't valuable. preach, so we won't say Re- I won't preach, so we won't say Reverend Van Beek. Okay, okay. Well, um, you'll say valuable things, and I will butcher the English language and the use yeah. of Hebrew names in the English language. That's right. That's, that's. I think that's what we should do together. We should. That's a we, fair deal. Together, we can, uh, you know, make everything sound like a big farce. I thought <laughs> we should do a, a, our version of the Babylon Bee, really. You know, mm. but um, <laughs> for, for our for our listening audience, the Babylon Bee is the sort of a resurrection of the old Wittenberg door. Oh, which may Christian. mean nothing to them at all, but yeah, Christian satire site. Yeah, Christian satire. Oh, by the way, I, I would like to say um, so. We're in Nehemiah now, and Nehemiah it was actually one book. It, Ezra and Nehemiah was one book originally. Yeah, it's in the English version that they split it into two books. Mm. Um, and and the time of Nehemiah is so. I I would put Ezra coming over in about 453 and okay. put Nehemiah coming coming over in about 445 so okay. about 8 years after Ezra came but but so that our people know there are there are there are scholars that say that Ezra actually came after Nehemiah hmm. Nehemiah came during the reign of Artaxerxes okay and Nehemiah came during the reign of um, Artaxerxes the second uh. I think or, or Ezra came later in Artaxerxes II, mm-hmm. but but I see I, I see Ezra in the middle of the book of Nehemiah, and I'm quite comfortable to say that's the way they came. So in the coming again, Zerubbabel about 530ish, right? Yeah, Zerubbabel came first under under Cyrus, and then um, and then um, Ezra comes, and then Nehemiah comes. So yeah. this coming back to Jerusalem happened really over a very long period of time, yes, over, yeah. you know, over almost like 80 years. Okay. Um, different things happened over a period. The other thing we want to remind everybody is that this is narrative. So if you're doing the different genres of literature, you have poetry, um, you have narrative, which is story. It's telling a story. Um, and then you have discourse, you know, which is a teaching. Um, and then you have letters. So Paul's letters could be just letters or they could be discourse. They could be teaching. Um, but Nehemiah, Ezra, the book of Acts, these are all narratives. And the thing about narrative is narrative just tells you a story. It doesn't say whether things are necessarily right or wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and, you, and you sometimes can read in what's right and sometimes you're not sure. Yeah. So as we're reading Nehemiah, um, I I get the feeling that he was doing what God wanted him to do. But this guy from the Bible Project that I've been listening to, he he's the one who still says that that actually in Ezra and Nehemiah there were three things, right? Zerubbabel, Ezra, and Nehemiah, and he says at the end of each of these, actually the way they handled things seems opposed to what what the prophets were telling them to do. So that's kind of a weird thing that way. Right. Um, yeah. So anyway, so this is narrative. It's a story, and we're going to read the story and talk about it. All right, folks, so Nehemiah 1, starting off with Nehemiah's prayer. The words of Nehemiah, son of his dad. 
<laughs> That's the first skip of a word I will not say. <laughs> in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hen and I, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had survived the exile, and also about Jerusalem. <clears throat> they said to me, those who survived the exile are back in the province and are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When okay. I heard these things, oh, sorry. Oh, no, no. I was just going to say, um, so the month, month of Kislev, yeah, I think that's November, December is Kislev. Um, okay. Yeah. And then Susa, of course, is the, that's the capital city for Persia. That's one of the, one of the main cities in Persia. I'll just say Maine, just to be on the safe side. And then these guys come from Jerusalem, and they say, you know, the, the wall's broken down. Now, that guy that I'm talking about that said that he did it wrong, he said that that God said through the prophets there wouldn't be a wall. So he felt that he'd actually done it wrong to rebuild a wall. Hmm. But the way the story reads, it sounds like what he did was quite right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, maybe just read up to the prayer, and then we'll go beyond the prayer. Okay. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And then Nehemiah goes into his prayer. Yep. And then the, then at the end of the prayer, he says, I was a... Uh, I was cupbearer to the king. Yeah. And so he just reminds everybody. So he, he's praying for Jerusalem. He pours out his heart. He laments for Jerusalem. And then he says he was a cupbearer to the king. So being a cupbearer meant... Um, not the king's right-hand man, but he was a very, very important person in the kingdom. Mm, mm, mm. Um, if you were the one who who brought the cup to the king and to the to you know the king's friends around the table, you were you were still an administrator, but but it meant that they trusted you not to poison them. Ah, yes. So I that's the know. idea. And then sometimes they say he he also would test the cups to make sure they weren't poisoned, but but the point was is that you are a trusted official of the king, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Which is kind of cool, eh? Yeah. Oops, sorry. Don't mind me. Just doing tricks with the browser window here, everyone. <clears throat> oh, gosh. Okay. Sorry. Oh, there. Yes, there it is, too. <laughs> Steve's computer's acting up today. Okay. Oh, we're already in Chapter 2. So yeah. Artaxerxes again. He, he's gonna he's gonna send. It's really cool the way he sends Nehemiah to uh, Jerusalem. So this is the next part. Okay, chapter two, verse one, folks. In the month of Nisan. Oh, let me just say, Nisan then is um, it, that meant they were in Japan. <laughs> just just which used to be known as Datsun, which is the, obviously the translation of that. <laughs> yes, yes, the month of Datsun become. But Nisan, Nisan was um, was it April May I think in in around April. Okay, all right. In the twentieth year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought before him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in his presence before, so the king asked me, "Why does your face look so sad when you are not ill?" This could be nothing but sadness of the heart. Uh, he is a wise, emotionally intelligent man. <laughs> I, I was very much afraid, but said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and, it gates, and its gates have been destroyed by fire? The king said to me, what is it that you want? I prayed to the God of heaven 
and answered the king, If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so I can rebuild it. Okay, so just so you know, um, again, all three of these guys have been to the king, and the king has the king has every time given these Jewish guys permission to go home and rebuild yes. stuff. And and he asked the this guy asked for a lot of stuff. Like he's, you know, don't forget when you go to a Persian king, it might have been any king in those days, but if you went to a Persian king, if you ticked him off, he would just have you killed. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was. And you remember the story of Esther. And that was during this very same time in Persia. And um, and she married the king. A lot of weird stuff goes on in Esther. In Esther. And then she goes and asks the king for, for permission to do stuff. And right. again, when she went before him, he could have just had her killed. Right. But she was still pretty good looking. And <laughs> you, you get you, you get the idea that that king was just a, just a, a drunken sot of a king. But really... Yeah. Yeah, a, a pig of a man, basically. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think so. I think so. And yet, and yet, he did exactly what God wanted. So, so there's hope for our 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 uh, <laughs> leaders as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, verse six. Then the king, with the queen sitting beside him, asked me, "How long will your journey take, and when will you get back?" It pleased the king to send me, send me. So I set a time. I also said to him, "If it pleases the king." May I have letters to the governors of Trans-Euphrates so that they will provide me safe conduct until I arrive in Judah. And so let me stop one more time. So the Euphrates mm -hmm. River. So there's two rivers that run that run down through um, through Syria, the edge of Syria, and down by Iraq, right in Iran. And mm -hmm. one is the Tigris River, and the other is the Euphrates River. Mm -hmm. And those are the big rivers that they talk about in your. In Revelation, the Euphrates drying up and the armies coming across, right? Right. And there are people that believe that the Tigris, that area between the rivers, might have been where Eden was. Right. Because we don't that. know where Eden was. Eden, right. is that the name of the garden? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Garden of Eden. It just sounded mm -hmm. weird all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Probably because it's used in other contexts as well, maybe. Mm. But um, but anyway, so so now, so he's he's getting permission from these guys around the trans around the Euphrates to get permission to do this, and I think because it's a dangerous journey, yeah. like you've got people over there, you know, you're probably dead before they realize, oh, this Jewish guy was actually working for the king. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <Whoops. laughs> um, I feel horrible. Let's bury him <laughs> and say a lion tore him apart. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's yeah. right. <clears throat> Okay, verse 8 now, folks. And may I have a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the royal park, so he will give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel by the temple, and for the city wall, and for the residence I will occupy. And because the gracious hand of God was on me, the king granted my requests. So I went to the governors of Trans-Euphrates and gave them the king's letters. The king had also sent army officers and cavalry with me, so he was well looked after. Yeah, yeah, he was taking, well, because these guys are like, oh, for crying out loud, now i got to give this guy trees. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just in the registrar's office, if you ask <laughs> But the <laughs> army shows up, and he's like, fine, fine, fine. Oh, yeah, I'll do it, I'll do it. Yeah. yeah. So when Sanballat, the Hornite, that's unfortunate, <laughs> yeah. and, to, and to, Tobiah, the Ammonite official heard about this. They were very much disturbed that someone had come to promote the welfare of the Israelites. 
Yeah. So Sanballat is is um, is actually a Samaritan. Ooh. So so and Tobiah, of course, is an Ammonite. And um, and that's the, that's one of the weird things. Right. Because they're they're very opposed to this and they cause him some great grief. Right. Um, but this other this other author felt like there should have been some some more cooperation between the the Samaritans, which were the original Israelites mm. that were left behind. Right in yeah. in the land, they were left behind around Jerusalem, and they they occupied Jerusalem until until first Zerubbabel came, and then later Ezra came. Right, and now now Nehemiah. So right. so they're very ticked off. Yeah, yeah. All right, verse eleven. Now, folks, went I went to Jerusalem, and after staying there three days, I set out during the night with a few others. I had not told anyone what God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. There were no mounts with me except the one I was riding on. He's taking a chance. He's taking the Dimwalt Road, isn't he? He's taking the Dimwalt Road. <laughs> that's a, that's a really weird Lord of the Rings reference. By night, <laughs> I went through the valley gate toward the Jackal Well and the Dung Gate, examining the walls of Jerusalem, which had been broken down, and its gates, which had been destroyed by fire. And then I moved on. Let me, I'm going to cut in again. I apologize. No. So, so what he's doing is he's going around. These are all the gates that were all the way around Jerusalem. Okay. Right. So remember, Jerusalem was a walled city, and it had these gates to go out, and every gate had a name. And so Valley Gate was one. The Jackal Well was the well, of course. Now, the Dung Gate, the reason I stopped you there is because I just like the name, the Dung Gate. <laughs> <laughs> there are beetles there. <laughs> there are beetles. But, That's um, actually what they called my house when I was in the high school, the Dung Gate. <laughs> <laughs> but the Dung Gate was where that's where you where you brought your trash. Ah. That's where the people of Jerusalem brought their trash. I don't know if they brought their dung out there or not. I don't know if they pooped in pails and brought it out there. I imagine they'd have to do something like that. Or somebody would have to, you know, you know, like you know, the septic guy would drive around yeah. in his truck <laughs> in those days. His honey bucket. <laughs> yes. And actually the Dungate was um just outside the Dungate was um was the Valley of Hinnon. Mm. The Valley of Hinnon is where they burn their garbage and they, and there were fires going, you know, to keep the, the disease down and stuff. They would burn stuff. Mm -hmm. And and the Valley of Hinnon is actually where you get the term Gehenna. Right. And uh, Gehenna is Armageddon, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Look at me Sheol. listen to look at let me listen to all the things you said before. <laughs> um, okay, interesting. Very interesting. All right. So 14 now, folks. Then I moved on toward the fountain gate and the king's pool, but there were not enough room, but there was not enough room for my mount to get through. So I went up the valley by the night, examining the wall. Finally, I turned back and re-entered through the valley gate. The officials did not know where I'd gone or what I was doing because I had yet, because, because yet had, yet I had said, because yet, because as yet, sorry, I just could not get through this because as yet I had said nothing to the Jews or the priests or the nobles or officials or any others who would be doing the work. And then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, and we will no longer be in disgrace. And then I told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. They replied, let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. 
But when Sanballat, the Hornite, and Tobiah, the Ammonite official, and Geshem, the Arab, heard about it, they mocked and ridiculed us. What is this that you are doing, they asked. Are you rebelling against the king? I answered them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic right to it. See, and and the way this is written, Sanballat is the bad guy. Yeah. Right? And he's going to send letters to the king. You know, like I think like the other guy did in, in, um, mm-hmm. in Ezra. And it sounds so much like Nehemiah is the good guy here. And and he really is. I mean, he's like he prayed to God. God gave him, you know, this help. And now he's gone back. So, I don't, but but these are really, in a sense, brothers in Christ or in, in brothers in in Judaism, in God. Right. One's an Israelite, you know, Samaritan, the other's a whatever he was. And uh, so it's, it is kind of interesting the way it plays out. But but still, um, Nehemiah is the hero here at this right. point in time. So. Okay. So I want to I, I want to read it the way it reads that Sam Ballot's a bad guy and Nehemiah is the hero. Right. Bear with me. We'll work around this mouse. So if we go to three, then all, all I'm going to get you to do, Steve, is is just just let you, just read the the name of the families that or the name of the priests that took over each one of the gates, and then okay. and then that should be good. The builders okay. of the wall. Okay, do you want me to read the first little section and then go gate by gate by gate? Yeah, read read down. Yes. Okay. So three stories. Oh, the men of Jericho three. built. Did you notice that? Ooh. Because they were so they were well known as wall builders. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Did you guys build that lousy wall that they walked around and it fell? They walked I mean, around and it fell down. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants you crappy guys? <laughs> <laughs> but it's also interesting to think that here they are, even though they said they would never rebuild this city, and there's the men of Jericho there. Yeah, yeah. Huh. And and how are there men of Jericho at all? Yes. It's it's one of those weird things. Remember, Jericho was never going to come back. So yeah. So when it was destroyed, did it may have come back under different people or something? Yeah. Thing yeah. is Egypt, right? Egypt. Yeah. They said it was never going to come back, and maybe that group never came back, but but the place returned. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Al- well, go ahead. No, keep going. El Shabib, the high priest, this is uh, chapter 3, verse 1. The high priest and his fellow priests went to work and rebuilt the sheep gate. They dedicated and set That sounds doors. like your place. Yeah, the, the sheep, sheep gate. gate. <laughs> <laughs> they dedicated, set its doors in place. Everybody, that's just Steve lives on the mighty sheep river. That's why we said right. The mighty sheep river. Oh, it is. Building as far as the Tower of the Hundred, which they dedicated as far as the Tower of Hano. The men of Jericho built the adjoining section. And uh, Zachar, the son of Imri, built next to them. The fish gate was built by the sons of Hanana and Hasana. Hasana. (laughs) Okay. Then going down to, is it? Yeah, because the, then it's like it's the son of Uriah helped build. Son of Uriah. Must be a different Uriah. Yeah. Yeah. So there's these spans that they're building by family by family, right? Is that kind of how we're, we're reading That's this? how it's going. But but you notice oh. some of these guys. Yeah, yeah. Some of these guys are obviously. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, it's just families. I'm trying to think if they're all Jewish families or not. Hmm. 
You know, when you see when you see Uriah, you think he was a Hittite, remember? Mm-hmm. In David's time, but this might be different. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So keep going. The fish gate was built by Hassanah. Then, yeah. Then and his his descendants or relatives. And then in verse six, it says the Jesaniah gate was repaired by Jodiah, Jodah, um, and his um, folks were <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah. Then in 13, it has the valley gate was repaired by Hanun and his and the residents of, of a city that probably was most of his relatives. And then finally in 14, we have, sorry, not finally, but in 14, we have the dung gate was repaired by Magjala, Magajaya. I don't know, close enough. And he was the ruler of a district and he put his doors in place. 15, it says the fountain gate was repaired. I'm by- thinking the guy who built the dung gate, it's like, yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah. Like, seriously, you guys always it's do no. this to me. It's you guys many. always do this to me. Always leave me. <laughs> um, then Shalon um, built, rebuilt the fountain gate in verse 15. Um, and then, is that the last one? I just just take one note there, is that he also repaired the wall of the pool of Siloam by mm. the king's garden. Which is referenced is referenced in the Gospels, right? Because that's there's a man trying. Is that the one where the water stirs and the the where an angel stirs the water and the first guy in gets healed, right. and and that's a weird story um, where some people say they wonder if God just just lived with the people's um, foolishness and and allowed it, hmm. or if that didn't really happen. But anyway, Jesus healed the guy who was sitting there for all those years. Yeah, that's and right. just was never healed. Yes, when the water stirred, there's no one around to help me. Yeah. And Jesus says, well, just get up and leave then. <laughs> I love that. And he did. And he I did. love that fact. And then the, the, isn't that the same story where he's questioned about, are you, you know, aren't you the guy that was sitting here? And he's like, yeah. And then they go ask his parents, and aren't you the ones? And or maybe I'm mixing no, two stories know. together. Oh no, I'm not sure if that was the same pericope or not. Since I'm, I don't know, I thought I'd throw in a critical. Oh, nice! No, no, no. That yeah. is well. I, I'm going to throw well. in a critical expression, which makes me <laughs> seem not as stupid for not remembering if that's the same. No, story. no, that's fine. That's fine. It doesn't no, really it was matter. The blind guy. Remember, it was the blind it was guy. The blind Remember, guy. you've been 40 years blind, and he went, and and he said to them, "Why, why do you want to do you want to be his followers too?" And <laughs> I don't know if the blind guy was was not smart. Or if it was completely tongue in cheek, I I think it was tongue in cheek. Yeah, I love that though. But sorry, I I've mixed in a story that does not belong there. But anyway, a yeah. lot of the families of of the Israelite or the Jewish descent of of Jew, Jewish descent helped rebuild the wall. Is what this is trying to get across, right? Yeah, yeah. Just all of the people that were building the walls. Yeah, it was amazing. And then 17 just keeps talking about it, I think. <clears throat> and then finally, the horse gate, the priest made the repairs, and that's in verse 28. Yeah. And then that's that's pretty much the end of that, right? And yep. then it says in verse 31, next to him, one of the goldsmiths made repairs um, to the house of the temple servants. But the temple, remember, the temple had been rebuilt, hmm. um, you know, 70 years before. So... So that wasn't um, a big a thing as like, because it was there. It was, it was, and it, that temple's going to get cleaned up and, and redone. And Herod's going to do an amazing amount of work on it. You know, 400 years later, Herod's going right. to do some stuff. And so, so we're right in the second temple period. 
So it still exists, and all of this work's being done to rebuild Jerusalem. And you're going to find that this um, Sanballat is going to be is going to be fighting against them and arguing against them. Hmm. So he kind of gives you the the overview of all the walls being done, and they're going to go back and talk more about it again later. Mm-hmm. Now, but, was this was this the was this the full extent of the wall? Because later on, don't we get this part where they it's not really everything got covered, right? They still have to cover some of the holes in the wall, right? Yeah, we'll we'll see that as we read through. Um, like this is this is the this is the overview, and they're going to talk more about oh. what they're doing later on. Okay, so it's kind of like this is eventually this is a, everything that got finished off by the families. But back in few chapters, we get the kind of the narrative of the process and what they had to do to get there. Yeah, I'm yeah, because there, there's that place where it says you know they 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 worked with a um, mortar in one hand and a sword in the other. And stuff yes, like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is awkward yeah. as anything because. So I'm, uh, <laughs> so I'm thinking, well, I'm thinking it's a metaphor. Yeah, yeah. But not different than what you do every day as a registrar, right? Like a sword in no, one it's hand. the same thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I do keep a pistol, you know. <laughs> do what you got to do to protect yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had to stop with the pistol when I moved to Canada from the United States. But Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, there are registrar offices in the States where for a while there, they were wearing bulletproof vests. Can you imagine oh, that? Oh, yeah, that's not right. Yeah. Oh. That is kind of scary, really. Yeah. And that's what these guys were, were living with. They were they were working on these walls together, rebuilding Jerusalem. And it seems, it seems from what I'm reading, like what they were doing was very much what God wanted them to do. Yeah. It seems Even like this is other authors suggested different things, I think. Yes. Yeah. 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 This is God's hand in trying to rebuild his people. Yeah. And maybe they should have been open armed to their brothers and sisters when when they were done. But remember, remember when Ezra came, he he made them all get divorced. And so crazy stuff, eh? Crazy yeah. stuff. It makes me wonder when we read the Bible and there's things going around us that seem to be opposed to what we see in the Bible, if if we always have to be very careful to be true to the scriptures, but still always apply that law of love with mm. everybody. You know that, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it it makes us still hold our position, but still be accepting. And yeah. that's it's a weird kind of a tough thing yeah. to do. Yeah, yeah, especially probably especially when we're reading the Old Testament passages, passages, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm partial to the Old Testament because they just you know you go and kill everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Every time they didn't, um, and. Uh, Remember Joshua let those people live. Remember, and they they became just a nuisance for for years and years and years and years afterwards. Yeah, yeah. And they they lived around Jerusalem. They were up from the area around Jerusalem. So. Right, right. I don't know how big the city of Jerusalem is. I, was someday we should just take a look because he was able to ride kind of all the way around it in a night. Hmm. Hmm. So it's not it's not so big that you can't ride around and check all the gates. Right. Okay. Yeah. Interesting, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tonight, Larry said a said a great again another great foundation for us from the book of Nehemiah. This is, and I like how you where you placed you know how you placed that together that we think of them as one book in the Jewish scriptures. In the English Bible, we split them apart, but how they very much overlap. It's not a uh, it's not a next 
you know, it's not an if-then statement, this completes and then Nehemiah comes. It's like, no, they're contemporaries with each other. So so, so we think. Unless yeah. someone wants to do their master's degree on this, there's there's lots of room for study here. Yeah. <laughs> well, these Persian kings, we don't know what's going on with these guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thanks, Larry. That was awesome. Folks, I hope you enjoyed that. You hope you got to see that overview of, of how, how Ezra transitions into Nehemiah and how they, again, like we said, the overlap is there and how we're seeing God rebuild his nation and doing things and trying to rebuild their faith too in lots of ways too. Back to back to a, a, a better worship of, of him. Uh, thanks so much for being with us. We'll be back in a week's time, but until then, I was Steve, he was Larry, and this is it.